Some claim that the age of a true gentleman is far behind us, but here at 284 Media, obviously we disagree. He may appear in different guises today, but the values and ideals that make him a gent still stand. Gentlemen, aspiring gentlemen, and of course, the women that hold us down. I'm Ron Grant, and welcome to The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, a show poised to help guide modern-day men into 21st century distinguished gentlemen. Now, please don't worry, it doesn't always involve suits and bow ties, but raw real-life lessons that translate to grounded, community-minded, well-rounded men. Thank you all for taking this journey with me. Success is one that does not come easy. It takes hard work, persistence, and continuous self-assessment and evaluation. My next guest is a very familiar face. He has climbed his way to the top of the civil service here in the British Virgin Islands and spends his days inspiring public servants to be the best they can. He's a family man, a businessman, an author. He also happens to be the epitome of a true 21st century distinguished gentleman. That's in my humble opinion. Joining me on set today is one of the BVI's finest, the Deputy Governor of the Virgin Islands, Mr. David Archer. We talk service, family, finding balance, and of course, his new book and upcoming concert. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. In your understanding, explain to me what is your interpretation of a 21st century distinguished gentleman? Wow, that's a loaded question, Ron. What does that mean to you? Well, for me, of course, it's someone who is calm, assertive, not aggressive. Someone who understands the true balance of life, not just dealing with business, family, and friends, but also religion and purpose. Someone who is not afraid to attack real-life issues, talk about them openly, spend time with people regardless of their culture, religion, sex, or age. Someone who's willing to do the things of the old mm -hmm. and yet be relevant enough to look at the future and also be in a space of helping others to become better than they are right now. Interesting. No, you are at the helm of the civil service, and I think it's perhaps the most important role in the British Virgin Islands as it pertains to uh, the civil service. Walk me through a day in the life of the deputy governor. Of course, no day I'm sure is the same, but walk us through. Wow, what a question. Well, it, it varies. It, it deals with working hand in hand with the leaders of the public service, the permanent secretaries, the ministers, the premier, of course, the governor. My role is to support him in his functions. It might be something as simple this morning, meeting with a public officer who wants to know what's next for them, what might be their career opportunities, what might be their next step to move from point A to point B, something as complex as looking at a new policy hmm. regarding salaries and new policies regarding pension. Overall, it varies, but I can tell you this. Hmm. It is rather exciting. It's never the same, and it keeps you young and active. Would you have ever imagined in all your hard work and, and, and making sure that you're well-educated, would you have envisioned that you would have been in the post that you are today? With the most humility, I, I must say no. Okay. Uh, I've been, I've learned from a very young age and I still carry this forward. Chase your passion and a job will come. Hmm. Chase the job and you might lose your passion. So my approach in life has always be what, whatever I was doing, whatever job I was in, to do that extremely well, be committed and never worry about the next job. Just worry about being present and doing that exactly. Interesting. Gentlemen, you heard that just now. Don't worry about the job. The job will come, but follow your passion. Now, Mr. Archer, you stand on the shoulders, I would say, of some very great 
men. The Honorable Prince Stout, tell me about your relationship with uh, these gentlemen and how they've impacted your life. Because from my interpretation, as I, I look at you and observed and, you know, did my research, it still takes a village to raise a child. Tell me about that village and how, what those men meant to you. Well, the good thing is I'm an archer mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't carry the stout last right. name, although I am a stout. So my mom is a stout and my dad is an archer. However, Prince Stout is my grandfather. His brother, Lavity Stout, would then be my great uncle. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a story the other day. I remember when they were building the road with Pitax. Mm-hmm. And around six years, six years of age, I was responsible for taking the t- to them. And where I could, moving some of the rocks with, with my beer bags. So these are men that I grew up watching. These are men that I grew up, I watched their style. I watched how they converse with people. I watch how they open doors for women. I watch how they place ladies and children on the inside when they're walking, protecting the, the, the sidewalk. I, I watch how they related to people. I also watch the fact that they were part of a community. When they had, they gave. When it did not have, they also gave. So it was not just about their family, about their nucleus, it was about how they can help others. Obviously, they were politicians and you would have learned some of the the, the trades from that, yeah. more so the core of how to deal with people, how to always smile, how to not show your frustration mm-hmm. outwardly. It's how, very good. Yes. How to maintain a, a steady pace. And if you're sad, be sad by yourself or around ones that you love, but always be ready to answer the call to serve. But they are absolutely things that are necessary as it pertains to a gentleman. And for many persons, it is out of the box. It is out of the window. It doesn't happen anymore. You don't see it. But I still believe that chivalry is absolutely alive and well in our territory. And uh, this is a very good example, just as uh, Mr. Archer is talking about his wonderful family that have gave him a beautiful example. So when we think about it, chivalry is not dead. When you're walking on a busy highway, you better make sure she's on the inside. She's on the inside. When she gets up from the table, You better make sure you stand. When she comes back from the restroom or whatever, you better ensure you stand and place her napkin back in her lap. You must do that. You better ensure if you're wearing a hat and it's raining, the hat goes on her head. Mm -hmm. If you're not wearing a hat and it's raining and you're in a coat, the coat goes on her head. You better ensure that you pen the soft notes. And not always worry about social media and text, things like that. So it, it's, it, it, it will always be part Absolutely. of an amazing man. It will always be part of what women should expect from men. It should always be part of what men should expect to do for themselves to demonstrate that they're living in the 21st century, but most importantly, that they're true epitome of being a man. Do you think that over the course of time, uh, that some things have changed in regards to the expectations of men? as it pertains to not only the family um, structure, but in society as well? I think so. I think so. And, and it's, you can't purport the blame anywhere. Of course. Because in our society, some of the most powerful individuals are, men, are women. And that sometimes will mistake others to think that you still don't have to do the things that men should do. Things that are, that are tradition right. for, for men. So I, I think it's about how you ensure that you maintain consistency, how you make sure you do what is necessary as a man, as you've been taught. And the books are there. And that's one of the first things that I bought my son when he was able to read, 
how to be a gentleman. Next. And it, it's something as simple as, you know, what to wear when, how to wear it, how to act, the small things, knife and fork, where they go to make sure that, that, so you're, the outside that, that you're using the salt and not the sugar, <laughs> <laughs> things Amazing. like that. Yes. Now let's talk a little bit about fatherhood. Yes. What does that mean to you and how has that changed your life? Well, most people don't get the opportunity mm -hmm. to be a father. And when you do, you have to take that as an amazing privilege. Wow. And not only that, you have to realize that what you're doing, you're no longer living for yourself. The responsibility of your father and, and, their, and his father was to ensure that you were fine. Now, once you bring someone into this amazing world, you have a responsibility to lay the path and the best foundation for them. So now you're more responsible. When you think about buying a suit, you might consider the price of that suit because at the back of your mind is might be college or a trust fund or, or something along the lines to ensure that you can create the best, best examples. You cannot be smart and sharp and your children not getting the best experiences. So I might, I say this to persons all the time, your goal as a father or a mother might be to have an amazing mansion, wonderful house, but who is that for? Most parents will say, well, you know, my children can have it later on. Well, I will say this. You're better off living in an apartment that's comfortable, hmm. providing your children with the best education, the best worldly experience so they can travel, music lessons, speech lessons, creating the next generation and giving them the best start than you are taking care of yourself with a brand new car, a brand right. new watch, and even a mansion. Because mm -hmm. a lot of persons, a lot of families, they might build a brand new house and they might build that house, but that house really is not always for the children. It's for, for them because they feel that they've accomplished a lot. And they deserve it. They deserve it. But you should never compromise what you think you deserve with the ability to provide for those behind you. So if you can afford a half a million dollar house, do it. If you cannot afford a half million dollar house and give your children the best experience, then build one for 250. Rent a luxury apartment. Pay rent is fine, mm. but make sure that the experiences, the clothing, the books, the, the, the trips to France and Rome, whatever might be necessary to ensure that your children has the best experience. Wow. That should never be compromised. I know a lot of persons here in this run are going to say, <laughs> I have worked extremely hard. All right, I need to enjoy I, it. Yeah. I'm going to spend I, money on I'll myself. I'll spend money on myself. But what I always say that that responsibility was for the one who came before you. Of course. But you must also ensure that you set the right foundation and opportunity for your children. Well, hearing you speak of those examples reminds me of an example that my brother and I experienced ever since we knew ourselves. It wasn't a religious thing, but every Christmas, my mom would remind us that Christmas is Jesus's birthday, not your birthday. Yeah. So we never got presents at all. We would do everything else. We'd go caroling, cook food, put up the Christmas tree, put up Christmas lights. Yeah. But we would not get gifts. We would not make lists. And my brother himself would actually make shift and put some fake boxes under the tree. Yes. But later on, without her even having to say anything, understanding that for her, it was education. 
and she made sure that we were educated. My brother, for example, educated straight up to the PhD level. As much as we wanted to be educated, we were allowed to and given that opportunity and assisted by our parents. So we don't always see it. We don't always get the lessons, but they're very important. Very much so. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with more with the Deputy Governor of the Virgin Islands, Mr. David Archer. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Welcome back. Mr. Archer, just before we left, we talked about just really instilling values and making decisions as it pertains to fatherhood and taking care of another one. Tell me a little bit about your role in inspiring the civil service. We have a a large amount of persons who work for the government and they've dedicated their time a number of years. What is the greatest joy when it comes to serving the civil service? And what would you say to persons who perhaps maybe sometimes get a little tired and a little disappointed and a little wary? How do you inspire Well, most of my conversation, Ron, stems from the fact that if you're within the public service, you're not normally there because of great financial rewards. You're there to make an impact. You're there to ensure that you can shape the lives of people. So you must be driven by a different purpose. So my conversation that I have with persons, why are you doing what you do? And can we look beyond just you and your current space and see how policy or the work that you might do? or the person you might serve helps to create a happier life, helps to create a better BVI. That customer that's there, the application, they're looking for a service. That service helps them to help their family in some shape and way. When their family's happy, they're happy. When Mm -hmm. they're happy, they might spend money. They might do different things. So it's always about, is there a purpose above yourself? And if I can get public officers to connect with that, then that's always been my approach. I understand. I fully understand. But is there something else that can drive what you do besides you? Is it your family? Is it your your grandmother, your father? But if you can get besides yourself and your personal wishes, then that's a purpose-driven organization, which I like to see. Amazing. A purpose-driven organization, not just a purpose-driven life, but a purpose-driven organization. Remarkable. Yes. My lapel brother. Tell me about your style. (laughs) And your fashion choices from the, uh, the hats to the lapels, to the, the suits, to the shorts and jacket. Tell yeah. me about, tell me about your style. Well, well style is personal mm-hmm. and style should be a reflection of yourself and you should just be who you want to be. But my style, I don't fuss at all, <laughs> even though it looks fussy. So if I'm wearing purple and orange or checks and squares and stripes, I'm wearing it because what, what's really important is how you feel when you're wearing what you wear. And most people spend a lot of time on, on the actual fabric. I am really about how do I express myself in a way which ensures it's the best reflection of myself. The hats, if you follow my, my family tradition, my grandfather was a, a hat man himself. Indeed. I like it. And the reality is the BVI is... <laughs> so it's not just about yeah. style. It's hot. Yeah, you walking up and down. You, yeah, you, you walk up and down. You wear a hat. It might rain. You're covered. But of course, it's the reflection of a well-dressed man. The hat Amazing. all the way down, the pocket square, the reflection, the socks, the shoes, the umbrella, and when necessary, a cane. Indeed. It's very, very different. But it's something that we've grown accustomed to as it pertains to not only your post. I think if you were to dress any other way, people would be like, you okay? So What's wrong with you, sir, right? What's going on? You know, amazing, amazing. When it comes to 
inspiring. We have a generation of millennials, young persons who sometimes get a little bit discouraged and apprehensive, especially when it comes to putting their work out there. In February, you're going to be doing something very remarkable. You're going to be launching an audiobook, and it's also going to be a concert. Tell me about not only this project, but why did you decide to be so vulnerable in sharing your piece of work with the world? Well, thanks. So it will actually be a hard copy. Copy, book. yes. Regardless of whatever age you are, if you're not vulnerable, hmm. if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not doing something which would challenge who you are, you're not growing. Persons might think, oh, you've reached where you are, then you should just take it easy. But until we die, Ron, until that last breath, we have an obligation to ourselves and to those around us to strive for greatness. Oh. So what I've done is I've captured through musings, original quotations on success, building great time, love, culture, hmm. fashion in a book. Now, traditionally, you will invite persons to come and read the book. That doesn't work because the motivation behind of the book what was in your mind when you wrote that? What were you thinking? Why did you say, for example, which I say in the book, if you want to see the next great person, go to a 99 cent store and buy a mirror. <laughs> What's the motivation behind of that? And that's the reason why we're having a concert. And the concert is not just about David Archer. Okay. We have great influencers who will be there. We have Bishop John Klein, Kira Christopher, Craig Lake. Sarah Penny, Debbie Reynolds, so that the world can hear of their stories about how they pioneered greatness. Because it's rather simple. It's not good enough to try to be great by yourself. Facts. It's not good enough to try to reach to a particular pinnacle and not bring people along with you, or most importantly, celebrate the success of others. So that's what you will see at the concert. You will see musical pieces by... Brent Hoyt, who will be the main band. I'll say something risky also, Ron. Okay. I am going to bring the book to life through words with the band behind of me. Amazing. It's new. I'm afraid. It's I'm different. I'm, I'm scared. So now you're a performer. <laughs> now, now I'm a performer. With... <laughs> so that, that, that's, part of, that's part of taking mm. notes. That, that's part of being vulnerable, saying I'm willing to grow. Yeah. I'm willing to learn as you become more advanced than where you are right now. As you look at your journey, reflect on your journey of pioneering to greatness. Do so you have any regrets, anything that you didn't do so well that you said, ah, <laughs> could have fixed or is it just lesson learned? Let's move forward. That's one of those questions when you get an interview. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your week. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you really answer? questions you would yes, ask. <laughs> how do you really answer? Well, well, the reality is on complete reflection, they were all learning and great experiences to get me to where I am right now. Because we're so smart, mm -hmm. educated, we have lived, we tend to think that only good experiences are the rich ones. Right. In actuality, when that bank tells you no the first time, is the best lesson you can get yeah. towards preparing yourself for the future. When that girl says, I'm sorry, I no interest. I don't like you. <laughs> no interest. It's the best lesson you can get to determine how to refine yourself Absolutely. for the next step. So the universe, as I know it, it has all experiences. And all those experiences are good. We term some of them good 
and we term some of them bad, but they're all experiences. Wow. In actuality, the ones that hurt the most, the ones that give us the most challenge, those are the ones that propels us to the next level quicker and with the most grace and preparation. Amazing. What are you, what are you most proud of? You've, um, you've accomplished a lot and we're, we're, we're appreciative of that. And we congratulate you, but is there one or two things you could be like, yeah, that one, that one was it, that, that one took the key. Wow. That's a hard. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be one. It could be more than, more than one. But what moment, was there ever a moment that kind of just <sighs> took your breath away as it pertains to life and accomplishments? I'm normally not, not stunned with, with any, okay. any questions. But that one is stunned. And because I live my life helping to build people, businesses, governments, and nations, I have shared experiences. Mm. So most of my most vivid experiences and growth is not really about David Archer. It's when I saw maybe someone I've coached present themselves in a way which is amazing. When I saw someone I went to school with move from being average to great, a great contractor, a great lawyer. Those are really the moments. I, I, don't, wow. I don't capture my moments with me. I capture them with others. Okay. Naturally, graduations, moments with my son when he was born, when he went to other schools, my, my wife and her accomplishments, but they never surround they never surround David Archer. I absolutely yes. know that. And I'll tell you why. Recently, my beautiful wife graduated with her master's degree in special education. Yes. And throughout the process, I was right there encouraging her, helping her every, any way that I could. And when we finally got the degree and I looked at it, I was so happy. I yes. was so ecstatic. Yes. And she said, babe, but in your degree, <laughs> I was like, I feel like it though. Exactly, I'm so proud. Exactly, um, exactly. And it was absolutely, I could say one of the proudest moments of my life. And it wasn't even my accomplishment, yes. you know? Yeah. Um, so I get that wholeheartedly, absolutely wonderful things. Um, and being able, having the ability, gentlemen, to pour into others. And once you see them succeed, you might've seen them struggle before, but seeing them come out successful is perhaps one of the most rewarding things that you could do as a gentleman in pouring into others. Deputy Governor, we thank you so much. We're almost almost out of time and we have to go but we thank you so much for stopping by we definitely have you over again one of these days thanks for having me i appreciate it thank you thank you so much